break the Ten Commandments, then spit in God's face and call me daddy and you'll have magic powers too. Welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're doing our best to get through another pile of very odd movies uh, by looking at Young Warlocks, a movie from 2001, which I bought obviously on eBay, that's why I buy everything, uh, but I didn't realise that it was actually missing part of the title, because this release just calls it Young Warlocks, but it's actually the second in a series of movies called The Brotherhood, and then a subtitle, which in this case is Young Warlocks. So, um, I've accidentally reviewed the second movie in a series, not for the first time, and um, we, we might have to look at some of the other ones in the series, maybe, but uh, first we're going to have to talk about this one. And oh boy, okay, so this movie came out in 2001, it's a certificate 15, it's 90 minutes long, so it's very similar to the movies that I reviewed yesterday, uh, which was The Secret Craft, but while that one is kind of generously described as a sort of wacky teen sci-fi horror. This one is more along the lines of, I'm gonna call it an erotic thriller. It kind of reminded me of Cruel Intentions, specifically maybe the third Cruel Intentions straight to DVD sequel. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Let's move on. So before we get into descriptions of the plot, I'm just gonna trigger one for sexual assault because that does take place in the movie and um, obviously we're gonna talk about that later. But basically, on the face of it, this plot is very similar to several other films or, or stories that we, we've looked at before. A mysterious stranger arrives at a high school or, you know, other environment, but in this case a high school, offers glory and power to a couple of people. And then we find out that he's up to no good. Uh, very similar to the Witch Files movie, uh, but again, not like in a teen comedy sense. So we get introduced to the people who are at this private school via voiceover. They introduce a lot of characters at once, which is one of my pet peeves. But essentially, we've got John, our main character, Matt and Marcus, his two friends. The headmistress is apparently worthy of being a named character, Headmistress Grimes, or Grimy, as she likes to be called. Um, we've also got John having a crush on a girl called Mary, and the head of the local shirtless jock population is called Harlan. And this voiceover has all the general characteristics of the sort of male teen outsider perspective, judging everyone for their conformity, for treating outsiders badly. I'm so much smarter than everyone else, but no one else gets it because I'm amazing. It's basically, you know, the guy at high school who just keeps reading the catcher in the rhyme. And that's the whole personality. God, I hate that book. Anywho, so that's basically John's voiceover, but as a character after that, he, he isn't as annoying as his voiceover sort of makes him seem. So I'll give the movie credit for that. We're also introduced to the main characteristics of his friends. So Marcus is a troublemaker. We see him smoking. That seems to be the extent of it. And Matt is a con artist who plays cards with people, rips people off, that, that sort of thing. And he says that because they're outsiders, they're easy targets for Grimes, the headmistress. But she's just doing her job. When he's saying this, you see her getting annoyed at um, Marcus and confiscating his cigarettes. Like a teacher is meant to do. And it's like, oh god, she's such a such a bully. She's just down on us like everybody else. It's like, this is literally her job. 
You're a fee-paying student at this establishment, John. Buck your ideas up. Now, I've mentioned shirtless jocks in this intro. Keep that in your mind, but we'll get to that subject later. Anywho, um, he describes the same shirtless jocks in this sort of voiceover portion as prettier than any of the girls he's gone out with. Uh, they then pick on him, and he's all like, but little did I know, life was about to change. And change it shortly does. They're learning about um, the Salem witch trials in school, and their history teacher, Miss Stevens, shows them a Celtic dagger, which is used for sacrifice to, blond uh, to bond members of a coven to cast spells. This is like the all-purpose knife. She needs to be on some sort of shopping channel with this thing. She's like, it chops, it dices, it performs sacrifices. But yeah, this, this knife apparently does everything and yet plays such a small part in the movie. Uh, she also says that blood and tears were considered to be important bodily fluids to, like, bind magic and, and covens and things together, and that good and evil must balance out, and that for every evil warlock there has to be a force of good as well, and that's what they believed. The new student, Luke, who is distinct from every other boy at this establishment because he has blonde hair, or blondish, stands up and criticises her because she's wearing a crucifix. So how can she be down on one religion when she's clearly worshipping in another? And it just has irritating, edgy teen boy who's just discovered atheism, just written all over it. I would have given him detention, but she just kind of delivers a verbal smackdown. Uh, then she also encourages John, who has done really well in his, in his history paper. So clearly he's not a loser like his friends. He, he has academic promise. Uh, John describes himself as being like, he's desperate to fit in. He's like, oh no, no, Mary would never look at me because she's one of those popular kids. And it's like, who decided that? You? Because you seem to be the only one that cares about this. Um, which is proved correct when Mary just wanders up to him and is like, hey, I've been waiting for you to ask me out for like two years. Do you want to get coffee? And he's like, um, yeah, I do. And she's like, cool, pick me up at seven. Mary's got balls, we'll give her that. Um, meanwhile, Luke is just watching creepily from behind a tree, and I was kind of thinking, like, is he doing this with magic? Is he not? This becomes a plot point later. Marcus then goes on a run. Uh, Marcus has floppy hair, which is how I, I, I tell him apart from Matt. Uh, he has that sort of Backstreet Boys floppy hair. But he goes on a run and encounters one shirtless jock who summons a further two other shirtless jocks who are being nice to him, weirdly. Uh, and I thought, is this a continuation of the Mary thing? Is Luke maybe giving them a taste of like what he can do for them magically by making people like them? But no, it's the other thing. The pretend to be nice so that we can get you alone and bully you thing. So uh, they invite him to the locker room. There's then a slow motion undressing scene. And then they all hop into the shower. I'm going to pause at this point, which is where I pause the movie, to go and check that it wasn't porn. Because I've been got like that before. And I thought, am I just being unkind? Am I just being, like, reading weird stuff into this? This cannot be as homoerotic as I thought it would be. But then <laughs> the Wikipedia article for The Brotherhood Film Series says, The Brotherhood is a series of homoerotic horror films. There are six movies in the series. So I don't think it's just me. It does get worse. Uh, but as I said, it's a certificate 15. It's not like super creepy and pornographic but there, it, there is just a weird undercurrent to a lot of these scenes which made it hard to take the movie seriously they're in the showers they ambush him with a permanent marker and harlan the main jock wants to write a message on his cute bottom that is a quote with an arrow i'm not gonna say what it says and then luke interrupts like by coming into the room and he's like 
you know, I'm going to take that marker and I'm going to write on your face with an arrow at your mouth and I'm going to write that thing that you were going to write that I'm not going to say. Uh, and then they vamoose and, you know, he's made a friend for life in Marcus because he's just saved him from a lot of homophobic bullying. Homophobic and homoerotic. It's really hard to do those two things at the same time, but it managed. Anywho, Marcus meets with the others. He appears to now be wearing lip gloss. Maybe he stopped off at, like, a Claire's accessories on the way. Uh, he invites them to meet with Luke at the school pool. Um, they all strip, strip down to the underwear and go swimming uh, and drink some whiskey. All the while, Luke is eyeing them like he is a snake man who is about to unhinge his jaw and swallow all of them. But they think he's trustworthy. Luke then says he fell out with his dad ages ago and got kicked out and that they had a fight. Uh, they now fight, like, long distance. And it's pretty clear, like... This is very similar to Satan's origin story, sir. What's happening? Uh, maybe this was covered in the first movie that I didn't watch because I didn't realise that this was part of a series. But um, if I go back and watch that one, maybe Luke will be a main character. He says he's a student of the soul and knows how people operate. And that's how he manages to manipulate things and get what he wants. And he offers them everything they want. They just have to show him friendship, loyalty and honesty. This turns out to be a massive crock, because what he's really after is human souls, y'all. But anywho, uh, he says he's done this ritual, because he's now proposing a ritual, with guys at another school, and that's how he learned it. So maybe that is in the first film, don't know. And he says they have to break the Ten Commandments, uh, and then John's like, but one of those is about murder. And he's like, yeah, you just have to symbolically break the commandments. Spoiler alert, no, they don't actual murder uh so this 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 is a wild ride from like oh i can teach you how to be confident to there's this ritual and now break the ten commandments then spit in god's face and call me daddy and you'll have magic powers too magic powers that he never really demonstrates anywho luke then feeds marcus one of his tears but it's kind of hard to tell if it's a tear because like i said they're in a swimming pool they're all wet already so it could just be chlorinated water slightly diluted with piss uh, but he then says he needs extra proof from John, because obviously John is, like, the least believing of the three, and so he has to eat the tear directly from his face. I don't know what that proves. Moving on. Uh, and then John is like, oh my god, and Luke says, God has nothing to do with this, and it's like, telegraph more that you're an untrustworthy snake man. On the way out, um, Matt and Marcus with Luke grab one of Harlan's friends, who's called Randall, and the next day, he's found dead in the pool, uh, apparently having drowned or drunk. But obviously, he's been murdered. They meet up with John. All of them are now wearing cool guy Matrix shades because it's 2001. Um, and they're like, hey, did you hear? Look, Randall got found dead in the pool. And John's like, oh, my God, what could have happened? And the other two are like, I don't know. I have no idea. And then the voiceover says they'd already broken two of the commandments, thou shalt not, not kill and thou shalt not lie. But then later on, as the final step, they're told to break the thou shalt not kill commandment. But two of them have already done this. Oh well. We then get a sort of montage of Matt and Marcus breaking other commandments. To dishonour his parents, Marcus chucks their picture off of the school roof. Uh, they take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, they buy an effigy to worship because thou shalt not have any other gods before me or worship any idols is one of the commandments. Uh, they also covet Harlan's sports car and then steal it two minutes later. So they're on a roll. 
John goes on his date with Mary, who seems lovely. She says she likes him as he was and that he didn't, you know, have to change or all of that stuff. And it seems to be going really well. And then John sees Luke out of the restaurant door, freaks out and goes out to confront him. Luke says that John is on another level, that he kind of doubts all of this stuff and that he really values, you know, honesty and goodness and all of that stuff. And he says he gave Mary to him to convince him. So plotting that seed of doubt that Mary is only with him because of magic. And he says he wants John to break some commandments. And because of that, he needs to talk to Mary's friend, Trini. It doesn't sound like a name, but sure. Uh, and John's like, but what if I don't go? And Luke's go like, well, you're going to go because the movie needs to happen. And John's like, God damn it, you're right. So he goes to see Trini. Then in short order, the other three show up. Trini is dating one of the jocks who's Harlan's friends. Uh, but the other three show up with a bottle of wine. Trini takes like two sips of wine, gets very tipsy very quickly, and is seduced by Luke. Uh, Luke then gets with her while making like heavy eye contact with John. Everyone still has all of their clothes on, so it's really awkward because the scene goes on for like a really long time like past the point that people should be taking clothes off and it's like but it's a certificate 15 so we're just going to pretend that it hasn't been 20 minutes and no one's even removed their shoes anywho um john then joins in with luke and it's very creepy and goes on for too long but i guess this is breaking the adultery commandment because john is with mary or they were in the middle of their first date uh, and Trini is also dating someone, so I guess that's as close as teens can get to adultery. Afterwards, they come around the idol. They gather around the idol. That was an unfortunate turn of phrase. They gather around the idol, and Luke shows them a selection of the warlock knives that he's stolen from the history teacher, and he says that he is a warlock and that they need three more warlocks to complete the ritual, so they need to become proper warlocks. And what they must do is take the warlock knife uh, one each, and they must commit a sacrifice with their own knife, and apparently that will break the no-kill rule, except they already did that, um, and that will make them warlocks, and he says, you have to kill the one you hate the most, so right away I'm like, John's gonna stab Luke with that knife, but there we go, uh, they cut photos out of the yearbook to show who they're going to kill, Marcus is gonna go after Alex, who's one of the jocks and Trini's boyfriend, Matt is going to go after Miss Grimes, who just wants to do her job. And John is going to go after Harlan. To me, it would make more sense for Marcus to go after Harlan, because Harlan was the ringleader behind the whole, you know, incredibly suspect shower bullying. But I guess because John's the main character, he has to go up against the main jock. So, fair's fair. Alex confronts Marcus in the woods, um, because, you know... They all got his girlfriend drunk and then did things with her, which happened off screen, but she probably told Alex about. Um, and Alex is justifiably pissed, but then Marcus hunts him through the woods like a young deer and stabs him to death with the knife. Actually, no, that would make sense. He slits his throat with a knife that's clearly made for stabbing. But there we go, he's dead. John confronts Harlan in the locker room with his knife and is just like, I'm meant to kill you now. And Harlan's like... You're a fucking loser. Get out of my way. And John's like, Harlan would never know how close he came to death that day. And it's like, he didn't come that close, John. Come on. Um, Matt kills Grimy, who again is just trying to do a fucking job. Uh, John then says that he wants out of the group. He, he doesn't want to be involved anymore. He tells Luke this and then goes straight to the head teacher to try and be like, miss, miss, miss. 
that new boy's got a magic knife and he's doing all sorts of bad stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, she's already dead, so she can't help. The others then confront him, but they believe he's already killed Harlan and is just experiencing like a a flash of conscious conscience. Not consciousness. He's been awake this whole time. Uh, and so they just say, you know, you need to do the third ritual. You owe this to us. You can't back out now. In his time of need, John turns to the history teacher we haven't seen since the beginning of the movie, Miss Stevens. He just tells her that the new kid thinks he's a warlock and is up to no good. And this got me thinking, you know, we haven't seen anything supernatural. So maybe all of this is just confidence trickery that Luke has come in and he's just seduced them with seduction and alcohol and told them to be confident and they have been and now he's like ah see that was the magic but no it turns out he is actually a demon boy so th this little wobble was slightly unjustified but that would have been a neat twist miss stevens like we need to go to the police and john's like cool let me just phone mary first unfortunately luke picks up mary's phone and is just like she's unavailable right now join us at the pool for that ritual you promised to do so um they have to go to the ritual uh, and Luke basically admits on the phone that if they finish the ritual he gets credit for capturing their souls plus all the murders they did plus all the other shit they fucked up uh, and he gets to be in control of their like coven of warlocks. The history teacher just buys all of this apparently when John tells her off screen because she goes to the pool with him without calling the police uh, but then she reveals to Luke when she goes in that she was sent to stop him because she is his match. Like she said, that evil has to be matched by good. If he is going to be here influencing the kids, she is going to be here influencing the kids. Which I thought was kind of a neat twist and not one that I saw coming, despite the giant crucifix she was wearing. Luke then, like, fully evil transforms into his sort of Gerard Way-looking alter ego. And the other two kind of get a more basic version of this, where their eyebrows disappear. Which is quite scary. I will grant you. Luke rips off miss stevens crucifix and she passes out onto the floor being no help whatsoever marcus and matt then attack john but he beats them off single-handedly i need another way to say that i can come up with nothing moving on uh and then basically luke continues to explain that when you kill someone with the special magic dagger he now owns your soul so that's why he is able to transform uh, marcus and matt but because John hasn't done that, unbeknownst to him, he can't control him. So when Luke tells John to kill Mary, John's like, okay, I'll stab Mary. Psych, I'm very much stabbing you instead. Uh, and then Luke falls down next to Miss Stevens, who wakes up, grabs him, and then she and his body vanish. So I guess she's taken him to heaven, hell, Applebee's. It's unclear what she was, but they're gone. Matt and Marcus get up just looking normal, and they're like... Gee willikers, I'm so glad we're all friends again. It's like, I don't think we're friends. Because, like, you guys betrayed him super quick. And, you know, then there was that whole assault that you perpetrated on that girl you went to school with. Do you feel bad about that? Do you feel bad about any of it? They become friends way too quickly. To be honest, like, especially from the start, you know that they're up to no good. They're described as, like, you know, the troublemaker and the con artist. They're clearly a bad influence. Why is John friends with these guys? Why am I invested? Then there's a little bit of voiceover um, coming back to the pool and it's like, there's a, you know, he's gone, but he's not going to stay gone. He could be in any school, even yours. 
and then the movie ends and I'm assuming it's followed by like four more movies. It was kind of weird. I, I, I think the thing that wrong with me about it is that I wasn't expecting it to be that kind of like cruel intentions level of just teens making fucky eyes at each other. I was expecting it to be a silly film about like kind of like um, The Covenant, like the, the male craft thing, which was not unhomoerotic, but I think maybe they did that by accident, but this was intentional. Um, aside from that, the plot doesn't have really ma that many surprises. There are opportunities for twists that just don't seem to be taken, like the idea that maybe he's not a warlock, he's just tricking them, but then I guess the rest of the series couldn't happen because that's what the series is about. Um, but also just the way things are signposted, like it's pretty obvious from the moment that they give John the knife that he's going to stab Luke with it. I could have done with maybe a little bit more in terms of plot and some sort of explanation as to what the hell Miss Stevens was. Was she a good witch? Was she an angel? I don't know, but I want to find out. I've just googled the plot of the first movie and upon scanning through it doesn't seem like anyone called Luke was in that. Oh, Luke Lucifer. God damn it, that's clever. Um, so I'm guessing he's just like a new character. But interestingly, the main character of the first movie had the last name Chandler, and then in this movie they're at like Chandler Academy, or like the, the name of the school is the Chandler something. Maybe he went on and founded a school. That would be a great career option for him. But yeah, this movie is itself followed by several others. So you've got Brotherhood, which is the first one, then the Brotherhood Young Warlocks, which I have just watched, uh, then Young Demons, uh, then Alumni, and then Initiation. And by Initiation, the covers do definitely look more like what I thought this was. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, but yeah, that was just a kind of funny, silly movie to watch. And I might check out maybe the first one, just so that I've seen the first two. Uh, it kind of also reminds me of the Witchcraft movies. Uh, which, oh god, do I have to go back to those now that I've remembered that they exist? God, I hope not. Anywho, I hope you enjoyed this uh, kind of summary of that movie slash review and recommend any others that you'd like me to take a look at. Let me know if you've seen any of the others in the series and if they get worse. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!